Hey, it's the Fat Boy Show. This beautiful Tuesday morning. It is uh, February the 9th, uh, 2021. Hope you're doing great. My name is Fat Boy here with the amazing awesome Olive today, who's uh, wearing uh, a blue polka dot uh, dress. <laughs> polka dot is uh, the dress with the many spots. I think uh, it's a very stylish pattern of clothing. Uh, I, I quite like it when uh, ladies wear dresses that are polka dot. So we're very excited today. Oh, you do. <laughs> That's right. I'm very excited today uh, to be here with Olive, who is today wearing a polka dot dress. I wonder, <laughs> is she wearing that because uh, she has an appointment later on in the day? Really? Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> well, she wore it to impress me. Who knows? Oh, hmm. really? <laughs> I guess we'll find out soon. Okay. But nonetheless, uh, here's something else we're about to find out soon. Whether or not these vaccines work, these uh, COVID vaccines that uh, have been making the rounds ever since countries around the world started their COVID-19 vaccine rollouts, we're seeing that uh, in some countries it's being met with uh, mixed results. In Uganda here, we're looking forward to, uh, first of all, our own vaccine, or shall I say our own cure for COVID, which the president promised. Uh, whose clinical studies he you know, kicked off a couple of weeks ago. We don't know what's going to come out of that. But in our interview with the president, he told us that the vaccine that we are going to be importing here uh, for use by Ugandans is going to also be the AstraZeneca uh, vaccine. So uh, that one seems to be the cheaper, well, as compared to all the other uh, types. It seems to be the one that uh, we, we can afford. So it's the one we're getting. And other African uh, countries have also been importing this AstraZeneca COVID-19 vaccine. Now, in South Africa, something interesting is happening with that vaccine. They have suspended the start of their AstraZeneca uh, vaccination program. Why? Because of concerns that uh, the vaccine does not work on a new variant of coronavirus. So according to trials, which thankfully in South Africa they decided to do before they mass inoculated the population, first wanted to check to see if it works. And so they've been doing some trials and the clinical trials they've been doing have shown that the vaccine provides only minimal protection against mild to moderate COVID-19 caused by the variant first detected in South Africa. Now, South Africa is Africa's hardest hit nation when it comes to covid they were due to start their campaign in the coming days with a million AstraZeneca doses, but the government has now decided to temporarily hold off uh, this uh, rollout in light of the results from these trials that were conducted by the University of Witwatersrand in Johannesburg. According to the health minister, it's only temporary uh, that we have to put a hold to this uh, AstraZeneca until we figure out what the issue is. So there were 1.5 million AstraZeneca vaccines that were already obtained uh, by the government of South Africa. But the Minister of Health notes that they will be kept until scientists give clear indications on their use. So, um, what do you make of this, Olive? Um, you know, I hate to be the one to say that this isn't surprising. When you rush something, usually you end up with something half-baked. And in the case of uh, COVID-19... You know, it's one of it's the kind of disease, uh, these uh, respiratory viral infections, they just keep mutating. So even if you come out with a vaccine today, all it's going to take is for a new strain to emerge that will render the previous vaccine worthless. And now the challenge is that the vaccines themselves are very expensive. 
And if now they have found out that they do not work on the new variant, yet they are due to expire in April. What does that, uh, what does that mean? Um, it means that the South African government will have to do their review and quickly so that they can use the vaccines before they expire. Right, that's it. They're and expiring in, in April. Yes, and that's catastrophic in itself because when the review is rushed, chances are that people might get what they don't need to get. <laughs> yeah, uh, and this is uh, stuff they would have already paid for. Uh, and so what a waste it could end up being if it turns out if they do further clinical trials and they find that its efficacy on the new strain of COVID-19 is minimal, then it would have all been a waste. Although that wouldn't stop the company that sold the vaccine from making their money because I'm guessing they have a no refund policy. I could be wrong, but I'm guessing. (laughs) (laughs) I would think so. So uh, there you go. You know, so many times uh, on this program, I have often called for questions, skepticism. You know, We are unfortunately so blinded by fear. Um, We are so petrified with fear that when they tell us to jump, we are saying how high. I've always held the view that no matter how stressful a situation is, never allow your fear to um, undermine your sense of judgment. And I think when it comes to these vaccines, um, a lot of skepticism is warranted. Number one. Uh, We don't know that the people producing these things and those promoting them have their own agendas. And number two, and perhaps more important, if you rush the production of a vaccine, like rush, this is record time, rush the production of a vaccine, chances are uh, you are going to end up with a product that might not be as efficacious as you might have initially thought. And now that we're seeing that a new strain has emerged in South Africa, it means that this... um, this, this this product, this vaccine, this variant of the vaccine they've put forward is really not going to work. And what if this uh, variant of COVID-19, as infectious as we know COVID is, starts to spread? It might soon become the dominant uh, variant I, on the continent or perhaps the world. And it was first discovered in South Africa. Yeah. And then it's back to the drawing board, meaning if you were previously vaccinated against the other strain and now you got this you, could. you will need an, another shot. <laughs> and uh, currently, there is no vaccine that uh, can, you know, uh, there is no vaccine for the new strain. You see, this so is... So the researchers and uh, back to the drawing board to try and figure out what to do with the new strain. See, this is where, like I said, that uh, ironically, John Magufuli of Tanzania might have the last laugh. Not that it's funny... But it's sort of ironic how he might end up being the one proven right. See, because his approach and the approach that they're taking in Tanzania is is a case of this thing ain't going nowhere. Best course of action, let the country proceed the way it's proceeding. Let's try and care for the sick and the vulnerable and the most high risk. And at the same time, do everything possible to encourage and to produce Uh, materials that can help to boost people's immunity so that in the event that you do get it at best you will at worst you will suffer mild symptoms and at best you'll be asymptomatic okay now that is not a bad idea but at the same time we still have people that are getting sick if you ask me vaccination is not the worst thing to happen because at at the end of the day you still don't want 
um, us to just sit back and relax and let this thing just play out by itself. So yeah, buy the vaccines if they're there, immunize if you can, but also make sure that you do other things that can help people yep. to coexist with the virus. The problem is this, is that it's not just a matter of saying, oh, just get the vaccine, just get the vaccine. This, the vaccine costs money. I know it costs money, but here is my argument. You can't just sit back and say it costs money, a lot of money, so we won't buy it. No, but also it doesn't mean you switch off your brain because you can't think of a better idea. And actually, this is where I wanted to bring but up the be- this point. But the better idea is easier suggested than done. My because point is even simple. adults that are affected by this virus are not taking the SOPs seriously. So my, my, my point is simple. In a bid to, it's like we are suffering from a chronic case of we are so desperate to do something that will just do anything, whether or not it'll work. But doing anything is better off than doing nothing. So let's do anything anyway, regardless of if it could have far reaching unintentional consequences down the road. As long as you can feel satisfied that you're at least doing something. So do you, are, in you, your call, heart. are you calling vaccinations anything? Well, in this case, yes, if it's a vaccine, but it's listen, if, it, if it's a vaccine, if it is a vaccine that is rushed, it, if, if it is a vaccine that that does not provide protection against new and variant strains of this virus, then really you're exposing yourself to a vaccine for, for in, in a way that is kind of pointless. The vaccine is rushed, yes, but you should also give credit to a degree. We are in a time we live in a time where we have modern technology and scientists are using this to create vaccines in a shorter time than before. Now, well, is that justifying that the, the efficacy and who does it of benefit? AstraZeneca... We all benefit to a degree. How? Of course, the pharmaceuticals benefit more because they make more money. But don't tell me that the people that are being vaccinated without any side effects are not gaining from this. It doesn't matter. I could vaccinate you with a placebo, okay? It might be just as effective as as this as this uh, vaccine, at least when it comes to the new variant of the coronavirus that's out there. I would like to introduce you to a logical fallacy. It's called the politician's syllogism. So what it is, is, and follow me here, it's a very dangerous contemporary logical fallacy which arises when tragedies and crises trigger the response, we have to do something, regardless of whether or not that something is an overreaction, ineffective, or even makes things worse. The logic or lack thereof usually flows like this. Okay, proposition one. We must do something. Proposition two, this is something. And conclusion, therefore, we must do this. That's the fallacy. There has to be more consideration given to the thing you are suggesting and to properly analyze whether or not it is an overreaction, whether or not it is ineffective, whether or not it even makes sense, or if it might even make things worse. So, Okay, here is the thing. Put on your thinking cap. No, here is the thing. Uh, yes, your argument, and I agree that a uh, vaccine was rushed. But millions of people across the world have been vaccinated. And so far, we have not seen that many side effects. Now, when South Africa decided to hold vaccination because of the new strain, that's still a good thing. What would you have said if they knew that it does not work 
on the new strain and then they continue okay, let, with the vaccination. Let, let, let me tell you something. Imagine you were living in the jungle 500, 500 years ago and you found people dancing naked and you asked them, what are you doing? And they said, well, we've had a prolonged dry spell. It's not rained for three seasons. Our crops are dying. Famine is knocking at, its, at our door. We have to do something. Someone suggested that dancing naked might bring some rain. What would you rather us do? Sit and do nothing like you? So, I'm sorry, we're just going to keep dancing naked. Maybe it will bring rain. What harm is it causing? Are there side effects to dancing naked? <laughs> okay, uh, your, your comparison does not really measure up to COVID-19. It does. So, your argument is that what? We would have waited five years to get a vaccine? Because, let's face it, fat boy, people... It may, the, the, the infection rate and the death rate may not be as high as that of even Ebola, but we have to agree that people are dying from this thing. Lives are being altered because of this thing. Yeah, but there's a problem uh, also in the way that the figures are being tabulated. So, for example, if you, because it's an in, such an infectious thing, chances are at any point in time, most people will, will have a, a contracted it. And imagine if it, at such a time you unfortunately die. So that even if you are totally asymptomatic of COVID-19, you, you were showing no symptoms in your body at all. If they tested your body and they just happened to find the virus in there, you are declared a, a COVID death. What, what do we know so far? We know that this thing has a case fatality rate of about you know less than 1%. We know of other illnesses whose case fatality rate is even higher. And yet we do not overreact in the way that we're doing with COVID-19. We do not close down economies and destroy countries just because, um, you know, people are terrified. This is the single most unique case I have ever witnessed in human history where we have taken such steps uh, to mitigate uh, the, uh, you know, the, you know, to mitigate any damage resulting from a disease with such a low case fatality rate. Now, I'm not saying, therefore, do nothing. There are things you can do. It's just that why rush to the solution that seems to strangely benefit some very few select uh, parties? I guess your argument can be taken by people who don't believe in vaccinations, maybe. And uh, my argument can be accepted by people that see the need to vaccinate. It's not like not believing in vaccinations. It's okay to believe in vaccinations, but be skeptical about this one thing. So it's like, say, if I feel, have some doubt over a particular medication, it doesn't mean I'm against medicines. Like, maybe I'm just against that one. But uh, <laughs> in, 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 you are inadvertently maybe telling people not to take it. I'm just saying, look, is that there is so much, like this encompasses so many aspects of our lives. It's not just, if it were simply a matter of, uh, you know, your own personal health and your own personal life, that's another thing. But this is, we're talking about how policies are being influenced by this thing, by the information we're being fed by these institutions who are working at the behest of who knows what or who knows who, wink, wink, but you know. My point is, we therefore have to just put all, lay all the cards on the table and think of what the best possible outcome is. See, you have to factor in everything, make the necessary trade-offs, 
and make what might be best described as calculated risks. No solution in in this universe is ever risk free. But you want to think vaccination is a you, calculated risk. You want to take no, but um, it's being poorly calculated, as we can see, where we have one million, one point five million doses of AstraZeneca, which in South Africa, according to current clinical trials, are showing minimal efficacy on the new strain. Yeah. By the time they go, they procured them. I'm sure the strain had because the but strain that's, was reported see, that's, just a that's few all, weeks that's, back. That's all part of the equation. So we have been saying from the beginning this kind of thing, a viral infection. It's the kind of thing that mutates so often that really the most prudent course of action is to accept a scenario in which you are going to live with it and not waste money on vaccination. Don't don't don't. Don't waste money on things that are going to be out. Because if we if we were to calculate how much money has been spent on, on this vaccine, if the clinical trials confirm, if further trials confirm that this thing is not effective against the new strain, then it would end up being uh, a, a waste of money. In fact, compared to Tanzania, that has, in my opinion, taken the more pragmatic approach, which is... I, I like how you liked praising Tanzania, yep. yet even facts that are the news that whatever is being reported from that country of course you're going to say mainstream media da, da, da. yeah but what is being reported we have no way of confirming what they are but telling see, us it, from it that works, country it, it, we are not there we are not ways. on ground it, it works both ways if you want to if you want to question media reports from uh, tz please let's question media reports from new york times media reports from washington post and all these medias, media houses are all owned by people who somehow, by some strange coincidence, have their hands in everything concerning this thing. I think we cannot only view this through the eyes of conspiracy theorists. You see? Because here is where we get it wrong. We know that diseases Yesterday's there. conspiracy theorist yes. is today's truth teller. We know that diseases... And here is the thing. What they do we will tell, tell, tell me you, what we know. They will tell you everything you know is wrong because mainstream media tells you so. No, no, no. But when you tell them, okay, fine, if it's wrong, give me a solution, something tangible, something you're sure works. So my even example, my you, example of the dancing, your, even your examples <laughs> the, are my example, they are farfetched. My example of the dancing jungle dweller fits perfectly. It does Because if I go to the naked person in the jungle and I tell him, your dancing will do nothing to improve the situation, he or she will turn to me and say, well, at least I'm doing something. You give me a better alternative. Since you don't have a better alternative, shut up, step aside, and let me continue dancing but naked. That, that's that's that, what you that's sound That's like. okay. If you do not have a better alternative, but the problem is, shut up. The, no, the problem is, you see, and here's the critical difference. Imagine if you are living in a country in which you are going to be forced to dance naked. <laughs> but no one now, is forcing anyone to take the vaccine. No, uh, well, it's going to be mandatory uh, for entry into countries, for starters. And if you don't want it's to going take to be it, mandatory. then don't go to the country. Ah, thank you. It's that simple. Right, so if you don't want to dance naked, you see, do you know, it's an argument that... Here is the thing. It, listen, it's an if argument, go- it's a slippery slope. Like if you are imposing on people that they either have to agree to, to do something that you prefer or that they can be denied access to basic services... Uh, let me never again hear you criticize uh, totalitarian governments. 
because that's exactly how you'll be able. But here is the thing: if you want my to travel, my way or the highway. If you want to travel to the UK and it's a requirement, or if you're in the UK and you want to travel to Uganda and it's a requirement, and you're not willing to take it, you're not going to visit my house and also set the rules. My, how I should run my business yeah, in my house. Yeah, but you see, here's the problem is that if the rules are... This is what we're saying. If the rules are being informed by things that are not 100% true or accurate, then such rules deserve to be criticized. So if, if countries ever declare that um, vaccines must be mandatory for travel... I think every anyone would be within their rights to protest that and disagree. You know what's hypocritical? You are here telling me that making the COVID-19 vaccine mandatory for travel would be uh, totalitarian, would be... Totalitarian. Uh, yeah, totalitarian, would be an in- infringement on your rights. But I've, I'm yet to see people complaining about the mandatory vaccination for yellow fever. And all these other vaccinations we have taken over the years for I think our children. Different. That's a fair even, point. Because even you were vaccinated one time. That's that's and a I fair, don't believe. You see, that's that's a fair point. Number one, the vaccines, that vaccinations I re- received as a baby, I was a baby, so I had no right to say yes or no. Even it's, in adulthood, we are still taking vaccinations like for hepatitis B. My point is this: is that now that you see. If you now have the facts, if you now have information, it's incumbent on you to work with the information you have. I don't know when they started making yellow fever mandatory. That was like even since before I was born, I think. But I, I have sat here and witnessed the evolution of this crisis, the evolution of the narrative to where you can start to see how things are shifting here and there. You're, you're openly seeing the various players do their thing, their shenanigans to make sure a particular narrative is told. And then now we are met with information. Now we're seeing information uh, regarding the efficacy of some of these vaccines. I think it only then makes sense for you as an educated adult to who is now informed, you know, to make your own decision, to make, to form your own opinion on what you think is going on. And it's up to you to decide whether or not it warrants some kind of um, complaint or if it weren't some kind of protest I mean it's all part of being human it it doesn't mean you must always agree to do everything and anything if you have questions it's fair to ask you may still end up complying if you have no choice and that might be the case but it's still okay to ask and really that's all I ever advocate for it's like to just ask and if that's a crime well lock me up <laughs> Okay. <laughs> <laughs> if I'm guilty of love, let me do my time, as Babyface said in his hit song. All right. Well, you're listening to the Fat Boy Show, and uh, I'm here with Olive ahead on the program. We're going to continue in our series of conversations we're having uh, with uh, supporters of NRM and Nuke, Roger and Gideon. We'll be talking to those two ahead on the Fat Boy Show. Stick around for that.